Hey, welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. Joining me for the 378th time on this show. I don't know how many it's been, but uh, Vinny Lanford is back on the show. Vinny, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. What uh, Were you on a uh, Charlie Brown episode, holiday special one, maybe? I'm trying to remember. I want to say that was Isaac. Or was it Isaac? I know Isaac has done one of them. Isaac is your brother, Isaac Lanford. I, I get confused because I know Isaac has strong opinions about the Charlie Brown shows yeah. because he hates them because he <laughs> said uh, everyone sounds like they've got too much saliva in their mouth and are too close to the microphone. Well, they they were literal children as they recorded. So <laughs> that, that sounds uh, exactly right. Um, I don't remember what episode you were on. It was with you and me and somebody else on it. I think I, uh, I know we did one on uh I ghosts at one time you did yeah it was stuff. it was that uh, you did I did like uh interviews and phone call-ins and stuff that that's in the archives and the, again the, Isaac this is my show or I, I'm calling you Isaac late <laughs> Vinny uh you laying for it's all look the same to me but uh <laughs> like this is my show I could look go look back in the archives that I own and I'm like ah I'll just ask I did him. do an episode with uh gavin was on as well but i can't remember for the life okay. of me what we were talking about yeah it must have been very memorable it was riveting we, we can't <laughs> think about it well this one uh, uh it's somehow going to be framed as uh the the worst wrestling storylines and uh the way we talk about it Vinny, if you could i know some people that are going to listen to this aren't wrestling fans at all so we're going to be using some terms that you a wrestling fan may not know uh, so like if, if we say, uh, shoot or work, like if we say it's a work, that means it's, it's fake. You're getting work, but it's, if it's a shoot brother, that means it's real. Uh, so, and you, you are, uh, a wrestling manager. You've, you've been in the wrestling business for a little while. So I'm sure you will have to explain to me some of these things as well. Okay. <laughs> uh also the the kayfabe is kind of uh in the popular culture now that the phrase kayfabe wouldn't you say Vinny? i would say just about all of the terminology is is no longer business specific it used yeah. to be for the guys in the know and behind the curtain but i think that since uh since the shoot interview phenomenon and all the dvds that mm -hmm. Was, were put out by WWE. I think that that's pretty much gone by the wayside at this point. And plus all the books that every wrestler has written and all the thousands of podcasts that wrestlers have out there. I yeah. think it's pretty common knowledge at this point. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, you could kind of know how uh, Hulk Hogan wiped his ass on any given night. Yes. Uh, if you listen yes. to a certain podcast. Um, uh, kayfabe, for those who don't know, is just kind of a keeping character. So if you and I are wrestlers and a third person walks up that's not a wrestler, you would say to me, kayfabe, and that means let's uh, let's keep character. Yep. Uh, and and then babyface and and heel. Uh, so the heel is pretty self-explanatory: a bad guy and a face or a babyface is a good guy. So just to lay the groundwork here for for the listeners, but what 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 have you done in wrestling, Vinny? Because you're you're a stand-up comic, you're a podcaster, you're a or movie host you do like eight, 80 different things so <laughs> what have you done in wrestling uh i god how many years ago was it i want to say that it was in 2004 maybe uh my oldest had gotten into wrestling i hadn't been in wrestling since i was a preteen mm -hmm. uh he got into it and he would bring home like videotapes of it and it was the current stuff and i was like holy shit, Ric Flair's still wrestling? You know, yeah. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is still wrestling? So I would take him to wrestling events. We would watch wrestling together. I'd buy wrestling magazines because I thought uh, anything to get him to read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and did that so work? It did. Uh, mm -hmm. And during that time, I started getting more interested in it from uh, the business side, you know, reading books on it and real interested with that. And I had a friend who when we were in high school, he was a local professional wrestler. Uh, and I had done a sketch with my brother as uh, Jasper T. Colbert. Mm -hmm. He was Jasper T. Colbert. And I was basically the gimmick was that he was 
in hot water with this wrestler. And the wrestler was in league with a guy that he owed money to on the East Coast, Vinny from Jersey, which yeah. was me, which mm-hmm. was a tracksuit wearing <laughs> Sopranos style uh, mobster. And that was the whole thing because we were going to have a rock and wrestling show where we had local bands and we also had wrestling matches. And Jasper was going to be in a wrestling match okay. with our friend. It never happened. It fell apart. But it was enough that the promoter who ran that promotion was like, man, you, you're a pretty good manager. Like you can talk, Hmm. you missed your calling. So I started going out and I started doing a, uh, going out with my buddy as his manager at these shows. The first show I ever, I ever did, um, Brutus, the barber beefcake was there. He was, he was the the celebrity, the gun, the famous guy who was there. Because uh, these local promotions, like they'll bring in like a, a, you know, a star, you know, of yesteryear. And, and yes. like, that's the big, you know, I've gone to wrestling shows. Cause I'm like, Oh, that guy I've seen on TV. Yep. That's the same with comedy. If like, you can have a big name headliner come in and then you can fill in the rest of the spots with some people that you may not have heard of. Yes. So my first show he was on and, and the main event, the guy that my, my buddy that I was working with was working was Congo Kong. Mm-hmm. That was my first match. Uh, that I was involved in. So anyway, uh, from there, I started working mainly in Indiana and Ohio over the course of the next seven years as a wrestling manager. I mostly worked with the Scarbonis mm-hmm. at War Wrestling in Lima, Ohio, uh, which was a great, they still run, but they were a great independent federation. I I, I was on shows where we had over a thousand people in the crowd. Wow. <clears throat> and that's, that's with no net. That's with no names, no big names on, on the marquee, you know? Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> it's like wrestling is, is just a, an attraction. You sometimes like there was probably a time, like you, obviously you just said you drew a thousand people, but like you just can put wrestling on a sign and people will be like, yeah, let's go. You know, Lima, Lima, Ohio is one of those towns. Uh, they are old school wrestling. Like the Sheik used to not the iron Sheik, but the Sheik. Mm-hmm. used to book that area back in the day and uh so they're just an old school wrestling town so that you're they're exactly that mm-hmm. you see wrestling let's go so i did that for a lot of years and then i don't know just as with most of the ventures that i went to it was uh now time to spend a little more time at home yeah because <laughs> i never had any delusions that i was going to go chase it you know to the top or anything but i had a lot of fun doing it uh after doing stand-up and and you know being in stand-up your goal is to go out and you want that audience to like you as fast as possible mm-hmm. being a bad guy wrestling manager is the total opposite <laughs> and it's so cathartic after doing stand-up to walk out and treat an audience like shit and that's your job <laughs> uh so that that was that was a lot of the fun with it was because you know as well as I, even when sometimes if you you get a heckler or somebody who's being annoying at a show, you sometimes you can't go too hard at them. Yeah, because the rest of the, the audience, audience will f- start to feel sorry for the person that's been heckling. Yes, yes. So even then, you have to toe a line. Whereas yeah. bad guy wrestling manager, no, I'm 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 being paid to come in <laughs> and make people dislike me so that I can push that dislike of myself onto the guys that I managed yes. the heat. So what, uh, what do you, what were your go-to uh, techniques to walk out and, and immediately have somebody hate you? When I first started from the time I walked through the curtain to the time I walked back, I didn't shut up the entire time. Okay. I was joined from the minute I walked out to the minute I, and people hated hearing me. But as I was in longer, I realized I was working too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't need to do it. And you don't want to be a distraction from what's going on in the ring. Yeah. You want to enhance, not take away. Yes. You're the garnish. So uh, as the years went by, it was, uh, you'll always get, they'll always be, especially the front row is always going to be jawing at you Mm -hmm. always. And I've, I've found that just turn and say one thing to them, piss them off and immediately turn back and ignore them. Mm-hmm. because you're not giving them the satisfaction of thinking they're part of the show Yeah, by engaging them too much and ignoring them will piss them off more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're now not they're louder. Them get, 
yeah, you're not letting them get their licks in, mm-hmm. you know? So that was a big one. Uh, I, I had this big gaudy gold watch that I wore out. And somebody said something, nice watch. And I just turned around and said, I got it off your mother's nightstand. And then I went back <laughs> and it was just throw, 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 a, throw a barb at them, go back to what you're doing. And of course, when your guys are getting up on their opponent, bragging, you know, chest out like a rooster, smiling in the audience's face, you know, mm-hmm. shit, all just basic heel shit to piss yeah. them off like that. Just being just, a dick. And I've seen some comedians uh, be that way and not realize that they're turning an <laughs> audience off. Yeah. So that, that was the, just the simple things that I would do. But I always, I would always do a pro. They usually would have me do a promo when I went out. Uh, you know, to set up whatever we were doing. And, and that's the whole point. That's why they're paying me. I could talk. I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything else. Yeah. I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't do anything else. So yeah. they just sent me out to run my mouth. Uh, yeah. th- now, wh- when we say, when we talk about bad wrestling storylines, does anyone, I have a list, but does anybody come to mind or any storyline come to mind when you hear bad wrestling storylines? Uh, there are a few that come to mind. Yeah. Uh, one one is uh the ultimate warrior papa shango feud that they had where warrior starts bleeding out of nowhere but it's not even red because <laughs> they could it was pg rated so it was like black coming out of his hairline he's ah just goo and yeah and i remember being a kid watcher and i now i guess my question for you is were you always in on it did you always understand it for what it was no or, or did you think this was ufc when you were a kid i thought it was real and you know <clears throat> okay. i i probably figured out that uh earmuffs for children that santa claus is wasn't real <laughs> and wrestling wasn't real about the same time and i was way more devastated that wrestling was fake compared <laughs> to as a kid you're like oh this guy comes to everybody's house at night and brings gifts that okay i that seems a little far-fetched but you know the the guy you know, uh bleeding black that seems real to me Damn you know it. in the in the wrestling world uh we prefer the term predetermined no it's fake but Over no. fake. <laughs> Pre-de- <laughs> and like what what a, like athletes wrestlers have to be because i have a tremendous uh appreciation because like there's no off season for like wwe no. right uh, and you got, you gotta be, you gotta like, it's, it's very similar to stand up. You gotta do the show, drive to the next town, be ready. And for the, for the next day to go to the gym, be at the show. Also don't eat like shit, um, yeah. work out. And like, it's, it's similar to stay. I would say wrestling is much harder than stand up, but you know, I would say it's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that thing of like, do the show, go to the next one, do the show, go to the next one. And just the sheer travel, like if, if just traveling is exhausting and then you got to do a show on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and stay in shape and eat right. Like you said, that, that is insane to me that the, these guys are able to do it, but is also why over the years, so many have had the addictions that they've had. Yeah. Yeah. That, that rock and roll and the, you know, you look at rock and roll uh, people and then wrestlers and you're like, Oh, why did so many die young? Well, it's because they led a lifestyle maybe that was no fault of their own, but they got to keep up. They got to yeah. take the downers to go to bed, take the uppers to do the rest of the day. Yep. And then you realize, Oh, maybe it's not healthy to be gone. Uh, 29 days of, out of every month. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, that, uh, that, so I, I never, I always knew wrestling was what it was. Yeah. When I was a kid, but, I was, I, I like a movie, I would suspend my disbelief for it, you know, but when shit like that undertaker or the Papa Shango ultimate warrior thing started happening. And even when the undertaker first came around, I remember being a kid and be like, Oh, I'm supposed to believe this motherfucker's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, come on now. But yeah, uh, that one sticks out to me as one of the, the worst angles. I remember when I first remember thinking something was a bad angle was that. yeah and i i will distinguish too some of these are straight storyline angles and some mm-hmm. of these are moments that happened that are that were just so bad that's fair and and in, in my you know for the the listeners unfamiliar a storyline or or an angle could be 
a couple weeks or months or a year long storyline. And some of these are just this happened and it was very bad. And that's why we're going to talk about it. And this episode also not to be confused with the worst gimmicks, which is another episode I've done. But the, <laughs> if you listen to both and you are a wrestling fan, you know that these are two separate episodes. You know, <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about this storyline. Uh, I, I don't know if you were watching during this time. Uh, May Young gives birth to a hand. <laughs> I, I was not watching at the time, however. <laughs> Uh, in the years since, I have seen many a thing. And was that not uh, her child with Mark Henry? Yeah, it was. So <laughs> it was May Young, who was 77 at the time, oh. uh, still taking bumps, getting, you know, obviously not hit, hit taking in the crazy ring. Crazy bumps. Yeah. And that there's a bump in this that is very important to the story. May Young compared to, uh, it was paired with Mark Henry, who was the literal world's strongest man, Olympian. This is where wrestling is weird because they'll have like a gold medal winner or a, 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 a real Olympian, but now they're giving birth to a hand where it's like you have to have real credible things, but then also something this, this crazy. Uh, if that's not enough, WWE showed her giving birth to an adult size rubber hand <laughs> covered in petroleum jelly. It makes as much sense now as it did in the 90s. Um, so I, I rewatched this video on YouTube and here are the beats of, of the, cause it's about a six minute video that I would encourage you to pull up on your own time and watch, but Mark Henry uh, and, and, and May Young are a couple may is pregnant at the age of 77. <laughs> uh, Mark is in a match and then may jumps in the match and insists on, on doing a splash on his opponent. And uh, anybody that knows anything about pregnancy probably don't want to take a hit to the stomach. <laughs> but this lady, 77, does a splash over the opponent, and then all of a sudden, something is wrong with the baby. May is rushed to the back uh, and in labor, and she insists on, insist on having a cigar during the birthing process. The fabulous Moolah is there, uh, another old-school uh, female wrestler, uh, the medic says, uh, May, when was the last time you had your period? And May said, oh, about 1957. <laughs> uh, so the medic pulls uh, Mark Henry aside and says, are you sure you impregnated this woman? And Mark Henry exclaims, I'm, I'm sexual chocolate, baby. <laughs> Which was his nickname, sexual chocolate. Uh, they cut the, Then it cuts to commercial in the birthing process uh they come back and there's a lot of noises a lot of balloons being rubbed together uh sound effects and there's a fart noise for some reason i'm just watching back i was like was that a real fart noise <laughs> uh the medic has handed some pliers and then he pulls out a hand Vinny. I, can you believe that this aired on television and uh, I, I can because it's WWE, but in hindsight, I'm like, what is going on? And note how little wrestling is in all of this on yeah. a wrestling show. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was like, I like the wrestling part, but I like when they talk better for some reason. I just like, <laughs> I like that part of it. This is, this is, there's pro wrestling and then there is sports entertainment, which D Vince McMahon has cornered the market of and this is definitely wrestling with an extended storyline uh and and according to pro wrestling wiki uh there's a bio on may young's son and it's it just says may young's son is the son of may young <laughs> he has a caucasian hand she gave birth to him in the year 2000 may was uh, 77 she was a girlfriend of mark henry who was 29 at the time and he is attributed to be the father. So this hand may very, very well be Mark Henry's son as well. And, and later they had uh, raw 1000. So they had a thousand episodes in 2012. The, uh, the grown hand is on, on screen with May Young. It's a guy what? in a hand costume. Oh my God. Like, can you imagine being Mark Henry when they pitch this idea to you? Like, yeah. all right. All right, you're the world's strongest man. 
we're gonna have you impregnate me um at 77 <laughs> and it's a hand <laughs> yeah if you're mark henry you're like you what the fuck and then you say i'm getting paid how much okay okay you can see mark <laughs> clearly laughing during the whole sketch on youtube like Man. just and like then as far as i know it never really went anywhere that no. was the end like it, it could have been sci-fi like okay let's see where this goes but nothing happened after it was just <laughs> that's it somebody got paid to write that yeah isn't that amazing yeah. and uh, uh there are a couple people in the delivery room uh fake vomiting <laughs> and uh it's it's i was laughing throughout the whole thing and uh but that is not the only baby related storyline we'll have Vinny. just so you know oh hot uh, dog. another uh terrible storyline people call terrible i i could take or leave this was the fake uh diesel and razor ramon oh was that when uh after they had left and vince was trying to prove that he owned the name so he could throw anybody he wanted anybody could be that that he wanted yeah so the the background <clears throat> of this is there are characters named Razor Ramon and Diesel, uh, who are their real names. Diesel is as uh, uh, Kevin Nash, Kevin Nash. And, and Razor Ramon is Scott Hall. They leave WWE to go wrestle for WCW under their real names. But Vince McMahon is showing that I own the name Razor Ramon and I own the character Diesel. So he gets two people that are pretty much, they look, pretty close to how these guys look and they they come trotting out as these guys so now everybody knows that is not the real diesel that is not the real razor ramon and and the the diesel turned out to be kane uh glenn jacobs who is now the mayor of knox county tennessee oh boy life is stranger than fiction yeah, that, and I, I'm realizing as a, if you're not a wrestling fan, the way, what I just described, I'm like, all right, it's, I might as well be that meme of Charlie from Always Sunny with the, the conspiracy <laughs> theories on the, all right, so here's the real guy, but this is the guy with the, yeah. So, and of course, people didn't really take uh, too well to those guys, but clearly, clearly it was not, it's just, it's a great value of, razor and diesel like it's just not so you might as well you could have just had those guys be anybody else and it would have turned out better than that yeah it was pretty bad pretty bad um, a, a, a flex that went nowhere yeah i'll show them <laughs> uh another one we have uh ray uh mysterio and eddie guerrero fight for oh, uh Dominic's this is what custody 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 this is this is <laughs> top of the list for me Eddie Guerrero wrestling Rey Mysterio for custody of Rey Mysterio's son. Of a child, of a human being. <laughs> and they have to have a ladder match to decide who gets to keep this kid. <laughs> I, I mean, whew. now, is this basically the storyline from Over the Top? I've never seen Over the Top. The, the arm wrestling movie with Sylvester no. Stallone. No, pretty I've never sure seen this. Pretty sure he's arm wrestling for the custody of his son in that. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of my all-time favorite are you fucking kidding me storylines. Mm -hmm. Now, am I imagining this? Or am I entirely wrong? Wasn't there a similar storyline in ECW involving the Sandman? I don't, I don't know. I was never like an ECW guy. I wasn't so. either. I think a lot of it's trash, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, I, it for some reason, me. I feel like that they had one as well. But yeah, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio's custody battle in the ring. One of the dumbest things I've yeah. ever, ever well, heard of in my life. I do love wrestling because every whatever situation may come about which is in this case as, as a custody battle over a human child <laughs> and wrestling always has to come back to whatever conflict it is we will fight to settle this yes what yes. like this is like you might as well just have challenged them to a duel back in the <laughs> 1700s i just love no matter what what problem a fight will solve this <laughs> yes yes 
Um, so this is in 2005. <laughs> former tag team partners Ray uh, Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero were in a feud uh, where Eddie declared he and, and Vicky uh, had an affair and he was Dominic's uh, birth father. So uh, the son is Dominic, who now is a wrestler in WWE. I don't know if you're up up on current wrestling, Vinny, but he I'm is a, a full-fledged lot, but wrestler. I do know that. Yes, yeah. I did know that. Uh, the superstars settled these obvious court matters in a ladder match. <laughs> and there's a, there's a scene where Dominic comes in and pushes the ladder over. So Eddie can't get the, I believe is a briefcase containing the papers. So he <laughs> <laughs> had this child come in the ring and Ugh. push the ladder. So he couldn't get it. Uh, this, this is might as well be Maury. <laughs> on wrestling like yeah and this oh, is the kind man. of like either i want this type of match with this high drama and ludicrous storyline or i want like the highest of the high quality wrestling match where you're amazed that these two guys are doing these stunts get any boring wrestling mat i'll take this over that any day <laughs> oh it's so bad like who conceives of this? That's what I, I, that's what it kills me with this stuff. Like it's you just can't have two dudes are mad at each other. Let's do <laughs> it out, or, or I I want to prove that I'm a better wrestler than you. No, no, we got to bring in custody battles. Yeah, it can't be. Let's fight for a purse, and I will have more money than you if I win. Type thing. It can't yep. be that. Can't be that. Uh, here's a, another, and I love. Uh, anytime wrestling leaves the ring or the arena, I love those types of scenarios and matches. I don't know how, how do you feel about that, Vinny? Do you, do you prefer your wrestling to be wrestling or do you want a little razzle dazzle in there? <sighs> I'm all for. If, if it's beneficial to the s- storytelling and mm-hmm. if it, if it, accomplishes building emotion with the audience to make them want to buy a ticket i'm yeah. fine with it okay but to, but to if, just go out and film something out in the world that doesn't really move a story along you're not for that then not really not unless it's something just really it has to be really good yeah it has to be really good to sell me um, well, he, here's another one, another fantastic example of leaving um, a wrestling ring to tell a story. And it will set the, it, it involves the big show uh, and the big boss man. Oh. Uh, 1999, big show. I'm going to read this and it will and won't make sense. Big show, turned face, having recently turned heel. After that, that another tracks. brief face run after his <laughs> debut as a heel. So if you're not a wrestling fan, that means he came out as a bad guy, then turned to be a good guy, then was a bad guy, and then was a good guy. The character of Big Show is known Story for of his career. <laughs> let's turn him however way we need him. We need to be a bad guy this week, sure. We need to be a good guy this week, sure. Uh, and as a baby face, uh, he began a feud with the dog killing menace the big boss man over the untimely death of big show's father. Uh, big show's father had actually passed away several years before. So this wasn't, he actually died. Let's use it in the story. The guy was dead before this actually happened uh, to heat up the angle. The big boss man threw a good taste out the window and invaded the funeral, stealing the coffin via chain and driving off. Uh, with a leather-clad Big Show riding the coffin <laughs> in uh, protest. Ooh, I don't believe I'm familiar with this one. Oh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna do a thing here and see if I could. I've never done this on the the show. I just shared my screen with you, and here is the Big Boss Man pulling up to the funeral <laughs> of Big Show. And, and for those just listening, the big boss man has pulled up in a Blues Brothers car with a big speaker on top of it. Dad, I love you. You're a good man. And everything I have in life, I've learned from you. 
Big C looking like Chris Jericho. What the <laughs> Ready to scrap at the funeral. Hey, listen, He hits him with the car. Everybody runs over, and now he is hooking a chain up for the casket. Oh man! And this was at a real, real uh, cemetery, by the way. So he's pulling off with the casket. And now Big Show is surfing on the casket. Oh my! That, that's the best two minutes you're going to see all week. Oh, boy. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, and, Incredible. And I've listened to podcasts about that. There was an actual funeral going on in the same cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they had to, like, just film it and then get out of there. That was unbelievable. The, essentially, the blues mobile dragging a casket off. And then you're trying to bury your oh. uncle over here. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if it's on your list. I don't want to step on any toes. No, go ahead. Uh, the entire Dungeon of Doom from WCW. Are you familiar with this angle? I've, I've heard stuff about this, but I don't know much about it. And that's not on my list. So please, please enlighten oh, me. You, there, is, there is a particular promo that you have to see. Okay. Where Hulk Hogan is like teleported to another to another place <laughs> and it looks like a horror host set and he he stands up and he says, of course his acting is as bad as ever. He's like, where am I? <laughs> There's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> I've never been here before. Let me and let it, me it, let me see if I can pull this up. <laughs> It's it's so I, I see it right at the top. Okay. It is one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life. So it's like they tried to repackage all of these older wrestlers like Kevin Sullivan, yeah, and Earthquake and all uh uh I think Bruce the Barber Beefcake was a Zodiac. Okay. Like, they try to repackage these guys into the, the dungeon of doom this 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 uh clan of, of baddies mm -hmm. and this i believe this actually may even go into big show as well so <laughs> yeah if you if you want to watch this this is and unbelievably bad i and we're we're only six seconds in and it's you can tell it's one of the wrestling angles where everybody starts at a 10 and doesn't leave being a 10 <laughs> as far as yeah. let me tell you something brother <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's rough hurry my son Get away from the stove! The real white finger tiger approaches! The fate has been set! Hurry! Hurry, my son! My father, I smell his presence also! I feel him! Where am I? There's no Hulkamaniacs here. I've never been here before. Ah, it's not hot. What is this place? I know you. I know you too. You two are behind the demise of Hulkamania. I know about the Zodiac. I know about the dangerous Kamala. Oh yeah. I know about the man-eater. The shark. 
but etched in stone is a legacy, the immortality of Hulkamania. And you too will be buried beneath that. You don't understand, Hogan. This is where darkness dwells and lives. Nobody has ever been able to defeat the immortal Hulk Hogan. Except yourself. You see, Hogan, you're the one that created me. And because of that, it's this simple. Your demise is etched in It's not hot. <laughs> and I do love it's in like 480p, like not been updated for the internet. Well, I don't know why anybody no, would, but not at uh, all. the worst quality video. So yeah. bad. Do you remember? Do you remember the angle? This may have been before you, your time when uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair at WWF at the time, WWE, uh, over Miss Elizabeth, the she was mine first storyline. No, I don't remember that. Where Flair came out and was telling Randy Savage, Elizabeth may be a woman, but before she was with you, she was with me, brother. And, <laughs> all, and then he starts, they're showing all these pictures of Ric Flair having dinner with Elizabeth and in the house together and all this. And that. Randy's, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah. And then it, tur- it turns out later that Ric Flair had doctored old photos of Randy and Miss <laughs> Elizabeth and doctored his head onto it. But yeah, real bad. I think that may have been the feud that culminated at the Hoosier Dome for WrestleMania okay. that year. And, and I do love that somehow a macho man doesn't remember uh, being <laughs> that in those any look of those exactly photos. Like, those look exactly like his own photos. <laughs> uh, so we could cover the rest of the, the big boss man thing, but that all you need to know is he pulled the casket off that's what happened in the graveyard with a chain dragging (laughs) it through the graveyard and uh supplemental uh material is uh there was a real fiend were going on love it (laughs) um also we have okay here's one uh do you know much about the the katie vick storyline Vinny? katie vick i don't think so i don't think so uh, well, it involves, uh, as I mentioned before, Kane, uh, who was the fake uh, Diesel. So the storyline is October uh, 21st, 2002. Uh, Triple H reveals that he's got a secret about Kane and involves uh, Katie Vick. Uh, the following week on Raw, the Big Red Machine, a.k.a. Kane, uh, addressed who Katie Vick was. He started, uh, he stated that she was a friend. Uh, but he did not kill her. It was an accident. <laughs> According to Kane, he felt like uh, there was a period of time that the only person he could talk to was Katie. Uh, they went out for drinks and she was pretty wasted. And he uh, insisted that he drive, but he didn't know how to drive a stick shift. Uh, but Katie said, go ahead and drive it. During the ride, an animal ran out in front of the car. And they swerved and crashed the car. Kane was injured, but unfortunately, Katie died in the car crash. Just some lighthearted wrestling, you know? Uh, it, all, it only gets worse, Vinny. I believe I know where this is going. Does this yeah. involve Triple H uh, making a video? Yep. I uh, know this one, yes. Triple, and you've, you didn't even see it, but it's so like well-known because it's so bad. 
that that oh, you know I've it. seen it i've okay. seen it yeah uh, triple h interfered uh interrupted the promo and stated that the whole story was not being told he added that kane was drinking excessively as well he further got under kane's skin by stating that kane loved katie but katie did not share the same feelings uh, and an even weirder spin of the storyline, Triple H introduced necrophilia as a possible option, which left Kane speechless and caused him to exit the arena. And then it's even worse. Uh, <laughs> Katie Vicks, the, it got even more controversial the next week when a tape was shown of a mannequin and a casket being seduced by Triple H, who was wearing a Kane mask. Climbing Although, in the casket on top of her. Yeah, just on top, <laughs> and at the at, uh, when it was all said and done, uh, Triple H says, uh, "Oh, Katie, it looks like I banged your brains out." How did this make it to air, Vince McMahon? That's how. I it's... mean, I remember seeing this, and I, I didn't really the name Katie Vick did not ring a bell. But yeah. once you, I absolutely remember this, and I remember being astounded <laughs> at what I was seeing on television. Uh, I guess the original angle was uh, for the angle to be more comical, but Vince McMahon changed his mind for it to be more serious. Uh, and then the producer, uh, Bruce Pritchard. So Bruce was saying, this is not going to work. They showed it to a bunch of people and they said, boss, Vince, this is, this is not going to work. And Vince McMahon being his stubborn self said, we're going to do it. Cause apparently they wanted to do it. Uh, at least I think it was Triple H, wanted to do it two ways. One, more funny uh, as far as having sex with the corpse. <laughs> right, it, yeah. And like, so Vince wanted it one way, and he said, let's go ahead and film it my way, and then we'll do it your way. So they filmed it once doing Vince's way, and then Vince was like, all right, pack it up, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so they only filmed it the one way Vince wanted to, and then he was like, all right, let's get out of here. And uh, just having, you can pull up the video. I don't, I didn't feel like we needed to play the necrophilia video here Oof. on the podcast, but uh, yeah, just having, and uh, uh, the rumor was, was a funeral going on uh, uh, in the same funeral home as well. So <laughs> you got it. it wasn't a set. Yeah, it was a real <laughs> funeral oh. home. Wow. So yeah, the, that was that was definitely a storyline that they that it they had. Certainly was a storyline. <laughs> uh, and and Vinny, it gets worse. Not with the storyline, but just uh, this this next one. Uh, are you? Did you ever see the the skit this the skit where uh, DX mocks the nation of domination? Yes. And do you know what I'm referencing? Which ain't well. Well. What? The, the the blackface angle yeah yeah uh yeah. i watched it again last night it's still on youtube a bunch of different versions and a lot of people in the comments being like see this one this was when wrestling was good this <laughs> yeah that's when it was good uh they they all dressed up in uh the the uh dx gener d generation x led by triple h had a bunch of other members in it they all dressed up as the 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 group they're feeding with, the Nation of Domination, who were all black guys except for Owen Hart. Uh, and they came out in in blackface, uh, different shades of blackface, like uh, Triple H, who just had sex with the corpse, uh, is is the <laughs> instead of the Rock, he's the Croc. Uh, X Pac is Ms. Ark Henry, and uh, Ms. Ark, what what is that uh, slang for, Vinny? Uh, it. it being a mark yeah uh to wrestlers in the bag that's that's, that's a derogatory term uh and i and trying to think of, of, of what ways it's used like don't be such a fucking mark is what people say yeah, like a fanboy you'd be a fanboy yes, because that's what that's what you refer to the people in the crowd as as well as the marks mm -hmm. and and you as this person in the bag you don't want to be a mark so. yeah and, and say Mizark, like from what I know of wrestling, that's like Carney speak. That's Carney speak, which was done in the early days. And some people can still do it now, but it was a way that they could talk to each other around other people who weren't in the business without giving away what they were saying. Yeah. Like 
for for all the shit that carnies get, they invented a whole language. <laughs> They're like Tolkien. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> lot of walking. Uh, the road dog Jesse James, instead of D'Lo Brown, he was B'Lo Brown. Uh, Jason Sensation was dressed up and does a really good impression of Owen Hart. Uh, and then Billy Gunn was the Godfather, just a just a pimp. And I, <laughs> yeah. Like if if this wasn't in blackface, this is a funny sketch because I watched it last. There are like funny comedic beats to it, but I'm also like, uh, X Pac is straight like, just blackface, and it's it's not even like a a shade or a tinge. It is st- real blackface. <laughs> like there's like no minstrel, getting around minstrel show. Yeah, <clears throat> and it was like, you know, one of those were in the comments again people are like this is what you know wrestling needs to do this again i'm like come on i don't think we need to do that again (laughs) and i'm trying to i don't remember what year this was in 1998 doing yeah yeah still not a good look no (laughs) even even back then not a good look Um, how about how about when vince said the n-word i i that was on the list too with that and that wasn't so much like that's not an angle. angle. It just happened. And and wow. You know, wow. How how about the whole storyline with do rag vents? <laughs> and I what was the, and what was the whole storyline? Because I just all I can picture is Vince just in a do-rag doing the Vince McMahon walk. Like, I'm pretty sure that is this is after he resurrected ECW. Okay. <clears throat> And everybody who was an ECW fan fucking hated it because it wasn't it was, the real ECW. It wasn't, it wasn't extreme. It was just a. It was a third WWE show. Yeah. And this is this is you know height of John Cena. This I don't know if you remember John Cena. There was a time he wrestled ECW and everybody threw the chairs in the ring like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vince, being sensitive to the fans, uh, put the ECW belt on himself. <laughs> and he was like in his 60s at this point and started wearing a do-rag <laughs> granted this he's still ripped to this day he is he but is like but it's like just to see it uh, you know probably not a billionaire at that time but a uh, like a uh, half uh, he's got 500 million dollars probably to his name at this time who knows <laughs> but just a dude in a suit wearing a, a do-rag walking a around do-rag strutting and then, around and then says the n-word uh, <laughs> backstage uh, not the e not the r but an a but uh, yeah that's, it's but not, still yeah and it, that not was on look. that was on tv <laughs> yes it was and then it cuts to booker t a black guy and he says tell me he did not just say that <laughs> which uh, one of my favorite gimmicks ever if i could go off the separate mm-hmm. king booker yeah, it was possibly one of my favorite things to ever come out of wrestling. Well, and it's uh, you get if you win King of the Ring, you somehow turn into a a king, a a you know, <laughs> just the faces he would make. Oh. <laughs> king of Booker. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I digress. Well, we have one more, and I was going to ask you, working all the indie shows and stuff, did you ever see any bad gimmicks or bad storylines? I, I don't oh. know how hard it is to if you're doing indie shows to string a full storyline together because you have to be in attendance, you know? Right. Um, God, there's so much bad on the indies. <laughs> like, so so many bad gimmicks, so many bad storylines. Um, occasionally. I, honestly, the best thing you can do with those type of things is just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. These two guys don't like each other. Yeah. You know, yeah, the promos are everything. If if you're lucky enough to have a place that draws quite a few and they draw in the same people month after month, you can kind of play storylines a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even with the Internet, I don't feel like enough people are paying attention to say your website or or your your social media your posts and the promos no one's paying enough attention to that shit to really matter 
Yeah. As far as to try to do like a vignette or any mm-hmm. anything too complicated. Just keep it to this is the date that it's happening. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't like you. This is how I'm going to whoop your ass. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Keep it at that. But keep I have it, seen, yeah. I've seen so many, so many bad gimmicks over the years. Do you, do it. you feel comfortable talking about them? Are these guys even still wrestling? Oh God. I'm sure some of them still are. Let and you don't have to of- name the names of course, but if there's like a, an angle where some guys like clearly, what are, what are you doing with your character? There was a guy who he called himself. I'm just gonna say it. Fuck it, party boy. Okay. And he was a big, like he was probably five foot eight, mm-hmm. but he was enormously overweight, like yeah. enormously. And he had. Uh, he reminds me. You know who Airsoft Fatty is? That no. guy. You, it's the guy that you always see on social media having the lightsaber duels where he's always falling okay. down. Okay. You know the guy I'm talking about? Yeah. It, it's, it's basically that guy in a bow tie. Okay. And he would come out to Miley Cyrus party in the USA. <laughs> and he, he couldn't do anything. He'd just come out and he'd spray silly string at the crowd mm-hmm. and he'd get in the ring and not be able to do a fucking thing. Yeah. Like that, <clears throat> that one's really, that one was bad. Um, well, and that's even kind of a, a takeoff of Party Boy from Jackass. Oh, yeah. Chris oh, Pontius. Yeah. Like, then what I found in, in wrestling, there are so many like ripoff gimmicks of, you know, the, in, instead of Sub Zero, it's the guy's name is Glacier. Yes. And he does karate and kung fu, but he's an ice type guy. Wrestling is nothing but ripoffs. Like, even on the highest level, it's ripoff shit. Like even the big boss man is pulling up in a blues brothers car. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're always sampling something else, always mm-hmm. sampling something else. God, I'm trying to think of, of what, like the, the, the worst of the world. I just say most of it really boils down to just being dudes who aren't athletic at all. Yeah. Going out in a pair of fucking uh, high spots, boots mm-hmm. and, uh, a t-shirt probably with the punisher skull on it <laughs> like a lot of ju- just a lot of shit like that it's just really fucking dumb or i i abhor the juniors who are in no way related to okay. the people that they are out there that calling themselves a junior of that yeah. shit drives me nuts too i want to be like undertaker like junior somebody. yeah like dick flair Dick, that was a, a gimmick if somebody was Dick Flair. Yes, yes. And like, I feel like in wrestling, nobody, nobody would be like, oh, you're just ripping them off. Cause like, it's all in fun and it's all, it's all fake. First off, it's not real to begin with. Like, have you seen anybody been like, you're just taking somebody else's thing? Or is it more so nobody cares because it's just, you're, you're doing uh, a, a, homage type thing but really you're not you know the problem with the homage thing is you may get some (laughs) shitty county fair bookings off of that but you can't be somebody who's serious about your career and and think you're going to go anywhere cosplaying as somebody else yeah like because i've seen young guys now who take They've got one or two wrestlers that were their idols, and when they go out to the ring, everyone knows that's who your idols were. Yeah, because you you've just meshed together two characters, and maybe even their theme music, and it just you're never going to get anywhere like that. You can't mm-hmm. you can't be you can't cosplay your way into a top billing spot. But yeah. you know, even even big wrestling has had terrible terrible gimmicks over the years oh yeah well we're about to talk about one of them Hit uh, it. gimmick and storyline uh are you familiar with eugene oh yes <laughs> oh yes uh on april uh 5th 2004 an episode of raw nick dinsmore who was playing debuts as the character eugene uh Eugene was written as a quote special and overly excited nephew of Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff, and this the stuff I I was reading and and watched it was the the character 
is supposed to be a wrestling savant, but he's not great at anything else. Can't tie his shoes, can't do it. You know, he's just only about wrestling. But then the way it was portrayed, like they just comes out and they just, they show Eugene licking Jerry Lawler's face. He, uh, by all accounts, Nick Dinsmore was like this incredible technical wrestler. Yeah. And then when he finally gets like the big shot, they give him this gimmick that he's playing somebody very special. Mentally challenged, handicapped, where it's like, I don't know. And the, and again, the comments were like, dude, Eugene was over, as in the fans loved him. But at, at a certain point, do you, they probably were like, oh, we're, ha- we're representing uh, a group of people that's not often represented. But it, should it be a guy playing uh, a, a special uh, needs person or should it be a special needs person? And then this is 2004. And it's so weird to be like, this is a different time and I'm not defending it. But I'm also like back back then, 2000. Well, they, they gave birth to a hand a few years before. <laughs> Wrestling in general has no filter, but it's like it, you, you were doing uh, what blackface for mentally challenged people. <laughs> Well, and then not only did they do that character, but after that learning experience, they came out with Festus. And what? Tell me about Festus. Are you familiar with Fest, Jesse and Festus? I I did look it up a little bit, and I I <laughs> I don't think I I put that story in my notes. But go ahead. Oh Lord! So <laughs> the whole thing is this guy comes out with this blank look on his face, slack jawed. Mm-hmm with his tongue sticking out about halfway out of his mouth. A lot of drool, right? Yeah, slouch shoulders. Mm -hmm. But then the minute the bell rings, he lets out a... (laughs) And goes nuts and starts beating the shit out of whoever he's in the ring with. Yeah. And then as soon as the bell rings again, he's back to slack jaw, distant stare. Like, he's couldn't believe they were they were uh allowed to do it he was that rooster from foghorn leghorn that every time he heard a bell started boxing (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah it uh i i remember seeing it and 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 couldn't believe that it was something that they were getting away with doing yeah well and what did they get away with anything because like i'm sure there was a huge you know, pushback from all this. It was, like, a, it was around for a couple <clears throat> years, I think. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was enough to, to make its rounds, you know, and, and Festus, what his, what's his real name, right? Uh, Cause it, he was a, another wrestler. He, yes. And, and for some reason, one my, of the good brothers, uh, my, my brain is, is Anderson uh, and gallows, right? Luke gallows. Yeah, and I what I heard was he came back to WWE and Vince didn't even remember him as playing that character. One of my favorite stories I ever heard was was Vince <clears throat> pitching it and and teaching him how to do the Festus face. Like uh-huh. this was Vince's thing, and I just love the idea of picturing Vince McMahon's no chin having ass trying to <laughs> portray this look he wanted. Dude, you're a CEO of a multi-million dollar <laughs> company. And, and this is what you want. And this is what you're trying to yeah. show your guy how to, how to nail it. Uh, the Eugene gimmick received mixed reviews, although WWE believed the gimmick would be a positive role model for mentally disabled people. However, the legacy of the gimmick became infamously problematic and offensive. And Dinsmore hasn't recovered, apparently, from this article from it. But he did say that his uh, inspirations were... Uh, a, his trainer's autistic child and Dustin Hoffman from the rain man. When you think wrestling, don't you think, give me rain man. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's usually the first place my brain goes actually. <laughs> well, and I, I forgot I had this one too. Here's the last one. Uh, Billy and Chuck. Are you familiar with, with this? Yes. I know. Who, I know who they are. <clears throat> yeah. Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo. Uh, while they they never said it out loud, they were there was something between Billy and Chuck, and they seem more than just a basic tag team with the bonds of friendship. 
Um, and it turned out to be cheap heat. Uh, the audience didn't care for it, apparently. Uh, and they would boo them because they were a gay tag team. They're basically, that, basically ripping on the ambiguously gay duo. Yeah. In 2002, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck would propose to Billy for a life partnership, indicating that the two were indeed a homosexual couple. The angle got national attention and the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, GLAD, publicly praised the portrayal of the tag team. They even provided them with a gravy boat as a wedding gift. However, when the, the commitment ceremony took place on SmackDown, the two wrestlers confessed they weren't gay. This not only killed their team, but embarrassed, glad, and disappointed homosexual wrestling fans to no end. So they like, built it up, and people were kind of behind them, but also, like, I feel like a wrestling crowd would be the first crowd to boo you because you are gay. 100%. Yeah, that, that, that's been the easiest cheapest heat from the beginning of wrestling from now, you, uh uh gorgeous uh, george gorgeous george yes all of those all of those guys like that. that 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 was the earliest cheapest heat and but do you do you feel like at a certain point they were booing because they were gay or i don't even know if they were heels at this time maybe it's like you boo the bad guys because they're bad guys and i I couldn't tell you in my research if they were good or bad guys at this time. Part of, part of wrestling is you boo the bad guys because they are bad guys and you cheer the good guys because they're good guys. But you know, there are some people in the audience that are booing and cheering for the wrong reasons. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. When I, when I first got into the wrestling business uh, in, in Ohio, there was a guy, and this was in 2004, 2005, yeah. 2005. Uh, but there was a guy who his gimmick was the uh, basically he was a terrorist. And that WWE had those two. I just didn't have them in this. And yeah. he would he would come out to uh, a song. It was it would start with Lee Greenwood. I'm proud <laughs> to be an American. And then all of a sudden you'd hear like machine gun fire. Oh, and a couple no. of explosions yeah. and then it would turn to the arabic music and out he would come <laughs> swaying his flag and i'm telling you what i've never seen people more enraged in my life yeah over somebody than people were for old women spitting yeah when he would walk around getting up and punching him in the back like they hated this motherfucker's guts now and was now, this guy middle my, eastern ish ish okay yeah yeah he was from ohio okay <laughs> but yeah ohio slash west virginia area yeah but uh people and you're this is 2005 yeah 9-11, 9-11 was, is not in the rearview mirror very far you know? no but yeah people that's the that might be the maddest i ever saw a crowd get was <laughs> when he that that lee greenwood would start <laughs> and then the explosions like you talk about getting people hot. I'm all for uh, starting off with Lee Greenwood and then cutting it <laughs> off to anything else. <laughs> oh, and and then, you know, nowadays he'd be taking a knee and he would be doing all this, you know, like, oh, yeah. Oh, just yeah. to get people, yeah, hot and bothered. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, it's funny how, how things and perspectives change to what gets that knee jerk now. Because yeah. almost... Now, if if you were to have like a Johnny B. Bad, if you remember mm-hmm. him yeah. type of character now, I think that character would probably get more cheers now. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then, you hated him. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, the, like it would start off with Lee Greenwood and then cut to something else. Uh, I don't know what example, but you know, like this character would be taking a knee mid match. Or oh, I yeah. would love a character that would somehow come out every show and get vaccinated <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the ring. <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. Just somehow you work a, a gimmicked uh, syringe and he's getting vaccinated. People trying to climb the guardrail to just come yeah. choking to death for it. And maybe for a while his gimmick could be he's trying to vaccinate his opponent. <laughs> You know, people would hate that. <laughs> oh my God. It's genius. 
Uh, well, that that's the show, Vinny. Uh, plug whatever you would like to tell people about. I know you're you uh, you're a part of a show called Midwest Monsters. I've been on. If you want to listen to that Scream episode, but I'd tell you to listen to all of them because I like uh, the show. Uh, you guys cover horror movies every episode, but uh, plug yes. that. Plug whatever else you want to plug. Uh, as Brent said, Midwest Monsters podcast. You can find us on, I believe, Podbean and iTunes. Uh, there are over 200 episodes you can listen to, and it's a few dudes from Indiana sitting around, and we watch horror movies and review them uh, with with brutal honesty mm-hmm. what what we think. Uh, so check that out if you get a chance. Um, other than that, uh, I don't know when this is going to air. Uh, August 5th and 6th, I believe I'm hosting a burlesque show at the white rabbit cabaret in indianapolis as mm-hmm. my alter ego richie reno uh it is the rocket doll review presents viva lust vegas Ooh, a how night many, of burlesque how many characters have you performed as like full-fledged characters that you you could do tomorrow um let's see well <laughs> you, uh, haunt haunt characters that i've done tipsy the clown mm-hmm. uh I, a guy that I call a uh, guy in the gas station parking lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a character, Jesco Bradshaw, mm-hmm. is like just your basic Hoosier Billy. Yeah. Um, obviously, Vinny from Jersey. Um, Richie Reno. Think, Richie Reno, who I use for the burlesque shows. Um, Hugo the Hunchback, mm-hmm. which I've done at a couple live shows, and I'm working on a project now with that. Um, gosh, trying to think of uh, anything else off the top of my head. Or just but, I know you've done a bunch of characters, and I love your character. I love a character in general because you know it, you could play a character, and if it doesn't work, it's not you that fails; it's the character. That's how I look at. It. That's how I can throw myself into a character. You know, the <clears> thing with if I can feel something on my face or something changes my perspective a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. my perception, it's easier for me to get into a character. When I was Vinny from Jersey doing the wrestling stuff, I always wore uh, yellow aviator sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And I did that for two reasons. I did that. Uh, one is like a tribute to Lefty Guns from Donnie Brasco, which okay. is Al Pacino's character who wore those glasses. Those are but, Fugazi, Fugazi glasses. <laughs> but also, uh, I had read Bobby Heenan's book, and he had said, everybody who's a wrestling manager on the indies always wears sunglasses. And you fuck up by doing that because the people in the audience can't see the expression on your face. Mm-hmm. So with these glasses, you can see straight through, and you can still see my face. But it seeing, I wasn't looking through my eyes. Yeah. There was that filter, that yellow it made it easier for me to get into character for sure. It's that one thing that puts you in your, your mantra, if you will. Yep. Yep. So Uh, one thing that changes it up. So, well, cool, man. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, I'll, I look forward to having you back on again. Thank you. Yeah. Topic that I won't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks dude.